Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, Great is Our God, preached July the 31st, 2011. Romans eleven thirty-three through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. It is an exclamation. How unsearchable his decrees. How untraceable his ways. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? A challenge from heaven. Questioning man. Puny man. Who has known the mind of the Lord? The infinite mind of the Lord. The majestic mind of the Lord, which is so deep. Or who has given him something that he should give it back to him? Questions. Exclamation. Questions. And there is a theological affirmation. For from him. And through him and unto him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. You and I need help to understand this text. He doesn't need you. We need him. Our great God. St. Paul here celebrates the infinite mind of God. We are impressed by body. The tall person, the rich person, the beautiful person, well-proportioned person. But God is impressed by a person whose mind is thinking God's thoughts. Great is our God, great indeed our triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul in this text moves from theology to doxology. Having considered God's plan of salvation... Of puny, miserable sinners, Jews and Gentiles. Who were these elect sinners? They were dead, disobedient, and under divine judgment. Yet, wonder of wonders, God chose them to eternal salvation because of his love and grace and mercy. His great love, rich mercy, and abounding grace. They were disobedient, deserving only judgment. So we read in verse 32, For God has bound all men to disobedience, so that he may have mercy on them all. This God's plan of salvation 
causes St. Paul to worship God. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the immensity of God's mind, his wisdom. Man is small, man is a fool. Man, therefore, says in his heart, there is no God. When you see the God of the scriptures by faith, you humble yourselves as Isaiah did. Woe to me, I am ruined. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Peter said, depart from me, I am a sinful man. Paul said, I am the worst sinner in the whole wide world. And you don't see God, you feel like Goliath, nine feet tall. You feel like Og, the king of Bashan, whose bed was 13 feet long and six feet wide. Man gets bigger in his head when he ignores God of creation, providence, and redemption. When man is proud, God becomes very small in his eyes. When God opens his eyes, man becomes a wretch. And God becomes great. He then agrees with the catechism. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. In his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. He sees God as great hyperballon beyond comparison. His power is incomparable. His glory is incomparable. The riches of his grace is incomparable. His love is incomparable and surpasses knowledge. So man sees himself sinful beyond comparison. So Paul says, oh, the immensity of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. This is an exclamation. He stands in wonder and awe of God. Gospel does this to all true believers. John Newton said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The great God is the triune God of Christianity. There is no other God. He alone is the Savior of the world and the King of the world and the Creator of the world. Nobody can know this great God unless He in grace reveals Himself to us. And He has revealed Himself to us in creation. In our conscience, in scripture, and especially in Jesus Christ. 
He has given us sufficient revelation to bring about our eternal salvation. So God's elective grace and his lordship of salvation history causes Paul in this text to praise God. So Paul celebrates the immensity of God's riches, God's wisdom and knowledge. Charles Haddon Spurgeon says this, the highest science. The loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy which can ever engage the attention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls his father. Friends, what truly defines us is what we think of this great God. So let us look at certain things. First, the depth of God. Oh, the depth. God is depth beyond measure. He is height beyond measure, he is length beyond measure. His wit beyond measure. He is absolute reality. He is infinity and he is immensity of mind. So St. Paul says in Ephesians 3, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. To grasp how wide, long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. No man, no godly man can search the depth of God. Only the Holy Spirit can. So we read in 1 Corinthians 2, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The devil deceives people by his promise to reveal deep things of Satan. So we read in Revelation 2 verse 24 about deep things of Satan. The wicked are under Satan's control. Satan's deep things consists in the negation of the true God. The deep things of Satan is simply demonism, especially under the influence of dope. Then they begin to see Satan's deep things. You watch Hollywood movies, you watch television programs. You read the literature of fools. You see the deep things of Satan. You read false science. You see the deep things of Satan. In negating the true God and his revelation. 
people of God, friends, delight in God's free salvation revealed to us in the gospel. Friends, we reject Satan's deep things of filth. And as St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, doctrines of demons. Second, riches of God. Oh, the depth of the riches. Riches of God is the riches of his mercy and grace. And we read in chapter 11, verse 30 and through 32, just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on all. Riches of mercy. Ephesians 2, 4, but because of his great love for us, God who is what? Rich in mercy. Ephesians 3, 8, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of God. Ephesians 3.19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God, friends, is rich. Rich in mercy, rich in grace and love. And he enriches us daily. God is rich. And makes us all rich in him. We are given the righteousness of God. We are united to Jesus Christ, the vine. We are adopted sons of God. So we are heirs of God. And he enriches us by sanctifying us. He enriches us. Every elect of God who is called and justified. He enriches us by glorifying us. We are rich. Because God is our portion. And we are his portion. Everything belonging to the bridegroom also belongs to his poor pride. Number three, knowledge of God. God's insight into the very essence of all things created. His insight is immense. Insight of things and angels and people. God knows all creatures exhaustively, intuitively, immediately, and without any effort. 
And he knows all facts. Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Hebrews 4, verse 13, nothing... Absolutely nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Did you know that, sister, when you lied to me? Did you know that, son, when you lied to me? Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we have to deal. God knows all things perfectly. We only know something only partially and imperfectly. The unbeliever does not know the gospel. He knows nothing. He's dead. His eyes are blinded by the devil. We know the gospel because we are born of the spirit. And Holy Spirit enables us to know the gospel. 1 Corinthians 2, however, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Holy Spirit. Again, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has really given us. 1 Corinthians 2 again, the spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Jesus knows all things because he is God. His knowledge is immense. Revelation 1 we read his head and hair were white. Like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes are like flaming fire. Concerning each church. In Revelation 2 and 3 we read. I know. Seven times. I know. Revelation 2.18 to the angel of the church in Thyatira write. These are the words of the son of God. 
whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Did you know that, sir? I know, I know. He comes to each one of you, says what? I know, I know, I know, I know what you have done in secret. He knows all the sins of evildoers and he will judge them on the last day. The books will be opened. Which is simply the mind of God. He knows also our needs and so he supplies them in response to our prayer. Matthew 6 verse 8. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need even before you ask them. For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows What you need them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. God knows sir. God is omniscient. He cannot learn. He knows all things. Exhaustively. Comprehensively. And instantly. Effortlessly. He knows the past. And the present. And the future equally well. God is not conditioned by time. God is never surprised. God never changes. He doesn't get better. Or he can never get worse. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. This knowledge of God is comforting to believers. Especially believers. For he knew all our sins. Yet he loved us and chose us to eternal salvation. This knowledge of God is very disturbing to the wicked. For he is the judge of them. So he commands all people everywhere to repent. So the wicked prefers idolatry. They desire to worship an ignorant, mutable, and impotent God. These things you have done and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you. But I will rebuke you and accuse you to your face. Number four, God of immense wisdom. Daniel understood this and he says in Daniel 2, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. 
you have given me wisdom and power and you have made known to me what we asked of you and you have made known to us the dream of the king wisdom is the ability of god to select the best means for achieving god's highest goal wisdom like knowledge are god's communicable attributes those that he shares with us in some measure since we are made in god's image and likeness god cannot share with us his incommunicable attributes which are essential to deity attributes such as self existence self sufficiency and eternity god has no origins he always existed god has no need so he does not depend on you on any creature god is from everlasting to everlasting he is ever the same in his infinite eternal being he alone says i am that i am and we say i am that i am by the sheer grace of god this god is all wise because he is all knowing professor j i packer says wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and the highest goal together with the surest means to achieve it paul is speaking about the immensity of god's wisdom and knowledge revealed in the redemption of sinful man the gospel displays the wisdom of god this wisdom is revealed especially in justifying the ungodly by the righteousness of jesus christ whose death on the cross was for their sins and the heart of this wisdom is disclosed in chapter 3 of the book of Romans beginning with verse 22 this righteousness from god comes through faith in jesus christ to all who believe there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by christ jesus God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood he did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus wisdom sir god in wisdom permitted sin to enter the world the devil rejoiced when he deceived adam to sin 
He ruled the fallen world. He opposed God and God's people throughout redemptive history. He tempted the son of God. He plotted his crucifixion. He celebrated when Christ died and was buried. But devil is a fool. He is not wise. Devil does not know. Devil is a fool. And all those who serve him are SODs. Sons of the devil. And fools. That is why they are atheists. They know God, but they will not worship him. But God is wise, he alone is wise. By the death of the Son of God, the devil was defeated and all God's enemies. Man is redeemed from sin, law, death, world, hell, and the devil. Hallelujah. God now justly justifies sinners. Clothing them with the righteousness of God himself. Friends, this is deep wisdom. What about the wisdom of man? 1 Corinthians 1. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness, quote unquote, of what was preached to save those who believe. He says again, we do however speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden And that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Yes, the wisdom of God justifies us. Sanctifies us. Glorifies us. This gospel leads us to worship. Oh, the depth of the riches, of the wisdom, and knowledge of God. Jesus Christ is wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, but to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become For us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Saint Paul says my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. In order that they may know the mystery of God namely Christ. 
in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yes, in the redemption of sinners is revealed especially the manifold wisdom of God even for the enlightenment of the holy angels through the church. So Ephesians 3, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, God's judgments, his eternal decisions revealed in the divine plan of salvation are deep, unfathomable, inscrutable, untraceable, incomprehensible. All the ways he uses in redemptive history also untrackable. No sinful man can know it. Even the regenerate know it only by the Holy Ghost. Even then he knows only partially and imperfectly. So we are told to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. First Peter 2, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Grow up, friends. Grow up. Grow up, sir. In your mind. Second Peter 3.18 But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow up, brothers. In glory, we shall know more. But we shall never know God's judgments and his ways. His wisdom and his knowledge exhaustively. We shall ever grow in the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God. But we shall ever remain creatures. There shall always be what Professor Wentel calls the creator-creature distinction. His judgments are unfathomable. His judgments are his decrees. So the shorter catechism says the decrees of God are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his own will whereby for his own glory he hath foreordained whatever comes to pass. See the wisdom of God in the salvation of the ungodly that is obedient by the death of God's son on the cross. Only God can devise such a wise plan. We don't understand his judgments and ways. Joseph didn't understand it. His own brothers threw him into a pit, sold him as a slave, and he now walks as a slave in Potiphar's house. 
He is accused of adultery wrongly. He is put in prison. And his own friends forsook him. He had no idea what is happening. Until a little later he knew something. He said, you intended to harm me but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. You read St. Paul. He didn't understand either. 2 Corinthians 6 and 11 and 12. All the sufferings he endured. He desires to go to Rome as a free man. To preach the gospel. You saw him arriving there as a prisoner in chains. But he trusts God. And he wrote, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Friends, first the cross for us too, and then the crown. That's the way it is. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Friends, thank God for his revelation of the gospel. There are many things we do not understand about God. But our God is not unknown or unknowable. He has revealed himself. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. God's decrees are untrackable. Boy speaks about seven things about the decrees and I will just tell you in a short way. First, it is for God's glory. Everything he does is for his own glory. So Jesus said, I have brought you glory. He does what he does not to bring you happiness. That's not the first consideration. First consideration is for his own glory. The chief end of man is to glorify God and then enjoy him forever. His decrees are a unity. His decrees are eternal. Before the creation of the world. His decrees are wise. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom. His decrees are free, uninfluenced by creation. His decrees are absolute and unconditional not suspended upon any condition. Therefore, they are immutable. His decrees are effectual. Whatever he ordains comes to pass in spite of all evil opposition of creatures. Thank God that he revealed to us the gospel in Romans. So we know God and experience his salvation. The gospel, he said, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. 
Yet we do not know many things about God and his ways. So we join with Paul and say, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Job thought that he knew something. But he did not know about the invisible cosmic conflict between God and Satan. Finally, God appeared to him to have a God-to-man talk. And you read 38, 1 through 4, 40, 1 through 8, 42, 1 through 6. And Job put his hand upon his mouth. This is true of us all. Before the immensity, infinity, and divine majesty of God, we all shrink into nothing. We thank God for what he has revealed, yet we dare not question him. We put our hands on our mouth. We trust him for everything and we worship him, casting our crowns at his feet, saying, You are worthy, our God and Lord, to receive glory, power, honor, for you created all things. And by your will they are created and have their being. We worship him saying worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise forever and ever. Number five, the proof from the Old Testament. Isaiah 40 verse 13 and Job 41 verse 11. God is mocking man. God is using irony. God is ridiculing man. Three questions. Who has known the mind of the Lord? The answer is what? No one. Yet there is one who knows the mind of the Lord, even Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Number two, who has been his counselor? Who has given him advice? David had a counselor. His name was Ahitophel, but he committed suicide. Not very wise person. God is wisdom. He has no consultants. Who has been his counsel? What's the answer? No one. Number three. Who has given him from his wealth that he should pay him back? What's the answer? No one. God has no consultants and God has no mortgage. God has no loan officers. But there are people who put God in their debt. Every Pharisee says, I am righteous. I don't need you. You must justify me based on my own righteousness. But the publican said, have mercy upon me. So God alone knows all things. God alone is all wisdom. God alone is rich. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. 
You say you gave him something? David gave God 3,000 talents of gold, 110 tons. You convert it to ounces and multiply it, it's 1,600, (laughs) I suppose, and you will get billions of dollars. And yet, what did he say, sir? But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give us generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? If you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not Friends, we give him from what has given to us in the first place. Our gift is like the Christmas gift of a three-year-old. Gives to his father a gift. It was bought by his mother by the father's money. Away with all pride. Be clothed with humility. Fall down before him. Join with all holy angels and holy people of God to worship and adore our God who revealed himself to us in the gospel. Friends, it is we who need wisdom. We receive this wisdom from the Holy Ghost. Wisdom, counsel, understanding, knowledge. We receive it from the Holy Scriptures. And we receive it from the Holy Church, especially God's holy ministers. Before this God of immensity, of depth, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher? Where is the godless scientist? Where is the liberal theologian who stripped Christ of his deity and miracles? Where is the foolish Christian who tries to manipulate God to get health, wealth and fame? Where is the fool who says there is no God? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? I urge you to repent of your sins and trust Jesus Christ who is the wisdom of God. All true theology, all true Bible studies must lead to our total surrender to Jesus Christ to worship God and adore him. Yet a doxology, a worship without biblical content is sheer irrational sentimentalism that sends one to eternal hell. You cannot worship an unknown God. So Paul spoke to the Athenians concerning God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ who is both savior and judge of the world. So Paul makes this God known to us in Romans. Faith comes by hearing. The word preached by him. This God is wise and knows. His wisdom is seen in electing in eternity to salvation us 
who were weak and ignoble, who were nothings. And he did not choose the mighty and the noble and the powerful, the wisdom of God. His wisdom is seen in permitting and controlling evil. His wisdom is seen in the atonement by his son's death on the cross. His wisdom is seen in our salvation on the basis of mercy alone. His wisdom is seen that all this is for the praise of his glory. He knows everything too, sir. He knew Adam when he sinned and hid. He saw Cain when he killed his brother. He saw Achan when he stole his treasure. He saw David when he committed adultery and killed the soldier. He saw Ananias and Sapphira when they stole and lied. Be sure that your sin will find you out. And you will pay for it. We all stand naked before this God with whom we have to deal in the end. So repent and believe and be justified. Those who have trusted in Jesus, this God who is immensity, who is riches and wisdom and knowledge, this knowledge help us to be humble. Help us to be encouraged. Help us to pray because he knows our need. Heavenly Father, we can understand why people hate the gospel. And we did the same thing once. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. We are saved. Our eyes are open. We are given new nature. The Holy Ghost dwells in us. Now we praise God. Thank you for theology. And thank you for a theology that leads us to doxology, to worship. Lord, help us to trust you, to walk in humility. Help us to know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Save your people today. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen.